Welcome to the Warrior Mama podcast, as we learn how to apply God's Word to our lives in motherhood, finding in big and small ways that the truth of the gospel applies not just to our lives as moms, but also to our children's lives, so that as we stand anchored in Him, we mother confidently with our hearts at rest. I'm so glad you're joining me today at the kitchen table. Welcome back to the kitchen table today. Y'all, we are so blessed today to have Laura Hernandez here with us, and she is a mama of 10. So I thought I was crazy with eight, but Laura has 10, and she is going to be talking with us today about how we can, especially as we're coming into these summer months, come into them with a sense of peace and not chaos and live in a manner and in our home environment where we have order versus just reacting to everything that's going on with all of our kids and juggling all of their schedules. And so, Laura, I am so excited that you're here today. I can't wait to pick your brain and learn from you and the systems that you have. But thanks for joining us here. You are so welcome. I'm really excited too. I think this is going to be so fun. I do too. So first of all, tell me you have, you have 10 kids. We do have 10 kids. I have to know the ages. How old are your kids? Like what's going on? Our oldest is 17 and our youngest is three. So we adopted a sibling group of three that were really close together. And then ours were also kind of close together. And so we just have a lot in a little bit of time, you know? Yeah. I love it. Isn't it fun? People ask me all the time, like, you know, oh my gosh, isn't it just so hard? And I'm like, you know what? It's so fun. It is so fun. I really love it. Yeah. I mean, just watching the interactions of the different kids and how they care for one another. And yeah, we have the art. I mean, we're not like perfect. So we have the fusses and the fights (laughs) and all the things too, but, but just watching them love one another and have relationships with one another to me is just a gift. It is really beautiful. I feel grateful for that for sure. However, I am a very disorganized mom and lots of people, when they first get to know me and they're my friends, they're always like, Oh, I thought you had it together. (laughs) You have a lot of kids. How do you do? And I tend to, because my personality is, I just have always been the personality that flies by the seat of my pants. Like I don't even understand what that saying means truthfully, but just kind of like, I just wing it. Yeah. And hope to make it, but that leads to a lot of, um, overwhelm and anxiety. I will be completely truthful. So I have learned to, to create some systems and learn to create some methods that help manage the madness that is, well, really, I mean, I was having chaos and madness when I just had two little ones. Like it didn't, it wasn't because yeah. I hit a certain magic number of kids. I don't know. If yeah. I find that to be true. A lot of the times when it's a certain personality type that doesn't necessarily like the, the schedule and the rules and the whatever that is of like, you need to do this at this time. Right. But it's more the spontaneity. We love just picking up and going to the park and doing X, Y, Z, whatever. Right. And those are such fun moms to be around, but I find that they <laughs> really struggle with wanting, wanting peace and wanting that sense of calm in their home. But the spontaneity doesn't necessarily breed that. And I would 
want to argue that systems do, but not in a not in a legal way. Like I feel like it's kind of like legalism, right? We can do these mm-hmm. things that Christ has set out for us and it brings us life and it's yeah. wonderful. Or you can look at these things and say, I have to do this, 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 and this, and it become very legalistic and tie you down and burden you, right? Yeah. And that's not what this that's not what the systems are for. Just like that's not what the law is for. The law is for grace and the systems are for grace. So that's I just want to encourage you to embrace them and try them on because <laughs> they will lead to life. Well, I'm eager to hear because I I do know that when I have and, and the other side thing that I know is that when someone else because I don't naturally make them, mm-hmm. it's hard for me to all of a sudden go, okay, and now I'm going to make a system about. So I'm so excited to hear kind of your thoughts about and maybe your leadership in how do we begin to understand our world in our home and what places really lend themselves to good systems. Okay. I get so geeked out by this. I'm so sorry. (laughs) Here we go. I want you to start thinking about yourself as a manager of your home. Like you already are. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Sure. Just kind of like, what kind of manager do you want to be? What kind of manager do you want to show up as? And so if you kind of have the visual of Starbucks and you walk into a Starbucks and if you had one manager there and he's doing everything and he's serving the coffee, he's making the drinks, he's clearing the tables, he's trying to sweep all while taking your order and doing the drive-through. Mm. Like, how does that feel to you? Right. It's chaotic, right? It feels yeah. like nuts. Like you don't know what you're doing and you're out of control and you need to hire some people, right? <laughs> I'm not saying that you need to hire some people, but I think that once we can kind of see ourselves as the manager and see that, okay, we're running the show, we're in charge and we're going to delegate things out to people, mm-hmm. your team of little people, yeah. and we're going to hire people where we need to hire people and delegate things out to them or trade off with them. If we don't have money to hire people, I think that we can start seeing ourselves as like, okay, I've got this. I'm in control of the situation and I have all these people helping instead of trying to be a martyr and doing it all and feeling like you should be able to, because you are a stay at home mom. And so you should be able to do this. Right. And I think that's a lie that a lot of Christian women believe is they're at home and they're stay at home moms and they're really struggling and they yeah. think I should be able to do it all. Mm-hmm. I'm not working. I should be able to do this all. Mm-hmm. And you know what? I don't think you should. I think that it's a lie that we believe. And I think that from the beginning of time, People have grown up in these villages and surrounded by family and community, all these things that would help each other out and love on each other. And this time in our life is so different than any other time. And yet we still don't ask for help and we don't let anybody in. And we all of a sudden should know how to do it all by ourselves. And so I kind of want everybody to just be okay with the fact that you can't do it all. And that's really okay. Yeah. Yeah. I really had to, that was something I mean, I learned it pretty quick because we had our first four and they were under four, under five, and it was busy and, Mm -hmm. and all of that. And I really wanted to be able to do it all. I had worked for the first couple of children in and out the career I had at the time lent itself to doing what I wanted to do versus having to work 40 hour weeks. But even just realizing I I wanted to be able to win on all the stages of my life. Mm-hmm. And I feel like the Lord really had to bring me to a place of saying, Bethany, number one, I'm not calling you to win. I'm not like your definition of win is not my definition. And then number two, that it's okay to ask for help 
and to not have it all wrapped up tight with a bow. I think we're sold that though, that we should be able to do it all. Yeah. I mean, you should be able to feed your children organic food and pack keep into lunches and keep your house clean while doing a side hustle and getting them to carpool on time while you have your makeup on and you look fancy for your husband to come home at five o'clock. Right. Yeah. (laughs) No, no. Well, and social media does not do us any favors. No, because it, it kind of lends itself to that storyline because you see the snapshot of somebody and you're like, well, they can do it. If they can do it, I can do it. Well, so what did, how did you, when did you begin to figure out, or are you just naturally somebody? Because I know I have friends, so I have learned to have friends who are good at what I'm not good at. (laughs) So I have friends who are very good at identifying and putting things in place and helping, you know, even to organize me. But when did you begin to realize, wow, this is what I needed to do? Yeah. So in one year we went, and it was more like a six month period. We went from four kids to eight kids. And we moved across the country to adopt the sibling group of three. And we had just had our fifth biological. And so we had five little people, four and under, all in diapers, all in cribs. Our youngest was seven at the time, I think, or our oldest was seven at the time. Sorry. And so it was just, yeah, it was chaos. And so exactly how you feel like you would feel is exactly how I felt. Just overwhelmed in survival mode, just wanting to make it to the end of the day where they would be in their beds and they'd be safe. We had, because they were foster for a while before we adopted we had a lot of eyes on us. And so it was just so stressful. Yeah. It was so stressful. And so I finally was like, we can't sweat. Like you can't live in survival mode all the time. Right. And so I tried to read blogs and books and posts and all things about how to create order and rhythms in our house and nothing really fit our family. Mm-hmm. And the joy of this is I've learned that nothing, nothing fits everyone's family. Right. right? It's a, Right. An amazing thing that we're all created so uniquely. Our kids are also unique. Our gifts, our mood, our personality, our husbands, our everything is so different. And so figuring out what systems work for you is kind of like how I've formed my whole business because it's all customized, right? And I want to figure out what's going to help you and not what helps me that I'm now right. imparting upon you, right? Yes. So it was kind of like putting all the pieces on the table and saying, what? What gives us life? What drains us? What do I want to be intentional with? What has to happen? What doesn't have to happen? How can I ask for help? Just all of those little pieces of things. And finally, we got to a space where, you know, we had two more kids and had my feet up one night, having a glass of wine and the house was quiet and kids were watching a show. And I just thought, I figured it out. Like, this is it. (laughs) It feels amazing because I was in a place of complete peace of just, Hey, things are how I want them to be in my home. And it was a lot of systems put in place, but I realized that that is the product of systems is that oh, yeah, the decision fatigue is taken out for you. I define system as anything that you can not use your brain for, right? You just know it's going to happen. And I mean, that could be as easy as having things on subscribe and save that just show up at your house, or it could be that you have a meal plan that you follow every other week. Like mm-hmm. you have an A week and a B week and those decisions are made for you. Yeah. So a system is anything where you don't have to think about it. So just having so many of those in place frees up your brain so that you can be fully present with your children and show up as the moment you want to be. And I think that first of all, what you said back there that I loved was that what works for one doesn't necessarily work for another. And definitely for my experience, when I would try and go seek out 
tell me what, tell me what will fix what is happening in my home. (laughs) And then it wouldn't fix what was happening in my home because it wasn't set for what, you know, was happening in our home. I, I began to believe, well, then the problem therefore inherently must be me. I must be the problem when in, in essence, that was what worked for that woman. Mm-hmm. And I needed to have the ability to analyze step, and I, and I do, have done this where I've had to step back and say, okay, what is it that we need like this? And for me, one of the first things when I began to figure out, and maybe this is what you recommend, but I began to just look at, well, where are my problem areas? Where are the places that are the most problematic in a day? Let's, let's begin to look at those places first. Is that kind of what you said to do when you're talking with women? Absolutely. And kind of where I start when I'm actually coaching somebody is like, we assess everything. So we pull everything out, lay it all down. What gives you life? What drains you? And then we focus on the things that drain them, which are normally those problem areas, right? And we go through and we talk about what things can we get rid of? What things can we delegate out? What things can we automate? And then the things that you have to do that really no one else in your family can do, how can we make that? as easy and efficient as possible. Yeah. And that will look different for every single person. Yeah. That's very interesting. And I don't think I've ever thought about that. What can I automate? Oh, so many things. Yeah. I don't think I've ever, I, mean, so I don't many think things. I've ever thought about what I can automate. I mean, let's talk about Alexa. I'm glad I was like wait, waiting for her to respond. I unplugged her. Don't worry. Um, <laughs> using Alexa to remind you of things throughout the day, like even I mean, simple things like taking your medicine or it's time to go start cooking dinner or kids doing chores, or it's five minutes till bedtime, have a song play. So the kids all know just things that you're not having. You're not looking at your watch and think, okay, we've got 10 more minutes before bedtime, or we've got what, I mean, like just have the machines do it for you. Like we are living in such a great time that it can do that. I mean, there's obviously some negatives with technology, but there's some amazing right. things too. And right. so I think utilizing your phone, utilizing your devices in your home to help keep you on track to where you want to be. And not that we're saying like, oh, it's 602, everyone in bed now, everyone in bed. Like we're not becoming these robots, right? But it's just like right. this reminder of, oh yeah, it is that time. Because as moms, we live such reactionary lives and we just go from thing to thing to thing mm-hmm. all day long. And we get lost when we're doing that and things take longer than we expect them to. And we lose track of time and we look down the clock and it's like eight 30 and kids should have been in bed an hour ago. And I've just, I haven't fed them. I haven't done anything and we got to get moving. Right. Right. So having those things set where you don't have to think about it or you don't have to think about the day you take out trash reminds you for you. <laughs> I mean, those are the things that we need to talk about. That is brilliant because I've never I haven't done that ever. Like I I don't use, I mean, I'm surrounded by all those things and I've never used them for that. Cause, and so instead what's happening for me, and I think definitely probably a lot of moms is there's so much, like I tell my husband all the time, I'm like, there's just so many tabs open in my brain. Like Mm -hmm. I have to remember all the things I joke. We have five kids that cannot drop themselves. So they have to be moved from place to place, you know, versus the ones who can now drive. And so they, these have to be moved. And I feel like always like that. 
I remember getting it when I was a little kid and it's like this little thing where there was one is like a puzzle, but one little notch was missing so that the puzzle mm-hmm. pieces could slide around until you could make the picture. Uh-huh. What does that thing called? I don't even know. I but I feel like, you know, in my brain that I'm constantly moving pieces around to make everything fit and make the picture work for right now, only to have everything jumble up again. And I think that's very, that is just such a good little one little tidbit of, I mean, why would I not just tell my, I mean, I have an Alexa sitting in my kitchen. Why would I not tell her to tell me or Siri on my phone? Hey, tell me. Yeah. It's time to pick up this from school. It's time to, it's time to make dinner. <laughs> that would be one my parent, my, my kids would be like, please, mom, can we, you know, do that? Because I'm, I'm the world's worst at getting involved with something, maybe even outside with the kids. And then all of a sudden it's 30 minutes past when it was supposed to be. I'm like, oh, shoot. We got to get going. Yeah. We're definitely not alone in that. Yeah. Well, and I think also the thing that I learned with kids, and I know that you have even a, a chore sheet that you offer for the listeners and, and some other things I know that you have, but like I had to learn that my kids were far more capable than I was giving them credit for being. Mm-hmm. I was just flooded with all the things thinking that my little ones could not help me by doing. And so I was just doing like everything. And when I began to go, wait a minute, this child can empty the dishwasher. They can. I just need to get a stool in here so they can put a step away. Yeah. And those kinds of like chores and systems like that. I don't know. Do you have firm and fast rules about that or what you think about those kinds of ideas? I have lots of things. I know we're talking about kind of getting ready for summer. Yeah. But I want to tell you about my, our five o'clock jobs because I feel like this is one of the areas that's blessed me the most. So my timer alarm goes off at five, goes off on Alexa and on my phone. So I don't miss it. So it's on my (laughs) watch too. I mean, it's a little ridiculous, all the things that go off at five o'clock. But what happens at this time is I go in and I start cooking dinner and my children have chores that they're in charge of. So each of them has to get ready for the next day. So that means they're laying out their clothes, finding their shoes, making their lunches. They have to help with something for dinner. So each kid has a different job. It does not change. And then they each have an area that they're in charge of cleaning up. And this could be like socks around the house, or it could be the living room, right? But we're getting real specific with our kids of what we expect of them. So the expectation is set. It's set when they're supposed to do it and Mm -hmm. how they're supposed to do it, right? And the joy of having the alarm and these set expectations is it's not me. Right. I'm not going to think about it. I can say, hey, guys, go do your afternoon jobs. And they know what they're supposed to do, right? And they... They do it. And we have, here's the deal. Know that our children are not perfect and they don't fly around like angels trying to do all their jobs all the time. Like we have lots (laughs) of special buddies in our home. We have lots of, I mean, the majority of our home has ADHD. So we're, we can kind of feel like a hot mess to some people, I'm sure, but I'm not having to regurgitate all these things. I have it written down. They know what they're supposed to do. They have their chart. They have the timer. Like we've got it. We put those systems in place so they can be set up for success. So the chore e-guide that you're referring to has some great ways to set those up for your kids and to set those clear expectations and how to think about them and like what your kids are capable of and kind of age appropriate chores, but know that it's not really age appropriate. It's more like ability related, right? So yes, my nine-year-old is not really a a nine-year-old. She functions more on like a three, four-year-old level. And so the jobs I'm giving her are more from three, four-year-old. For who she is. Yeah, exactly. 
all that to say, I think chores are super important. I think as we move into summer, I think that those need to, this is a great time to work on those even for the fall, but just in general, teaching your kids how to do things. Hey, here's how we set a table. Here's how we do laundry. Every Tuesday, you're going to bring your laundry down and we're going to go over it together. Like mm-hmm. setting those clear expectations and getting clear on what you want your kids when they leave the house. What do you want them to know how to do? Okay. So starting there, how are we going to break that up? How are we going to teach them those things? How are we going to teach them how to cook and how to do more than mac and cheese? Mm-hmm. Right. And then let's create systems around that for the summertime. Cause this is the ideal time to teach them yeah. these life skills. Well, summertime, summertime is hard because yeah. You lose, it doesn't matter if your kids are in school or even if you're homeschooling, you lose all of a sudden what was this boundary of time and like parameters of this is what we do in this time. And now all of a sudden everything is free time mm-hmm. or that's what my kids say. <laughs> They're like, <"Woo-hoo!" laughs> it's free Thank time. And, uh, and, and learning that is, is important I love that yeah. you said that this would be a good time to begin to push, put that into play. And as the mom to think, you know, let's see if we can accomplish some things this summer. Yeah, absolutely. And even things like morning routine, like thinking about the next school year of like, what do I want my kids to be able to do in the morning? Okay, I want them to get dressed. I want them to like my little buddies pull away, throw away their pull-ups, helping do dishes. Like what, whatever those things are, let's conquer that routine in the summertime when there's a little more lax in schedule and time. Yeah, And then you can move it up as you move into the school year, right? So they they know what they're supposed to do in the morning. They know how to do it in the morning. They know the rhythm and routine of that and then can implement it when it's the fall. Same with afternoon routines. And having those anchors in your day, I think is so vital for your family to be able to come together and, hey, we're all doing this together. We're a team. We're doing this together, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. This is what we do in the evening time. So even if it's you're normally going to do it at five o'clock and in the summer at seven o'clock, Awesome. Embrace that extra two hours at the pool, but then come back home and keep that routine in place. Yes. So what does something like your morning routine look like? What would you, and that, again, like, we're not going to say that this is for every other every family is different and right. every mama is different. And right. so if you have a newborn and you are homeschooling and you're on, we're just on completely different playing fields right now. It's exactly right. <laughs> so this is how I figured out what I want my morning to look like. There are certain things that I want to do when it's absolutely quiet in my house. And that can only happen in the morning for me before kids wake up. And so I want to, one of my goals for this year was to read a chapter of a book every morning. I want to journal more. I want to write letters and I want to have my time with Jesus. So I have those things I know I want to do and I have an order of priority for me. So Jesus is first journaling, second letters, third and chapter is fourth, yeah. right? Yeah. So if time runs out, it's okay. Like yeah. I've gotten Jesus and that's all I need. Right. Yeah. So know those things about yourself, know what you want to do and then kind of work backwards. What time do you need to wake up then? If you want to be able to do all those things in the morning before kids wake up. And so for me, that's five 30 and I mm-hmm. am not a morning person and I don't like mornings and that's my <laughs> hardest time, which is exactly why I need to start waking up at five 30 and having my coffee and spending that time in quiet so that when my kids wake up, I'm in an okay mood. They have to be on the bus at 645 and you're ready. I've got to get into a good space for that because they are difficult in the morning. Yeah. (laughs) And I'm not a pleasant person if I don't, if I don't have that time in the morning. So I know those things about myself. I know what I want to accomplish. I know what time like our schedule is and 
when kids need to be up and ready and out the door and what I need to do for them, what they can do for themselves. Yeah. And how can I kind of marry all those together and kind of create my perfect morning, knowing that it will never be perfect, you know, but I have something to strive for. And I think it's that, I think that's, I, I really like your idea of working backwards. I mean, I think that's key because when you just say, well, we're just going to boom, boom, boom. And instead of like really looking in there and layering in, this is how this should, this, we need all this time. We need, I love, I'm the, I'm so guilty of not giving myself enough time for something. Mm -hmm. So being thoughtful on the front end, going, well, how, how am I going to get all this done? You know, in this amount of time, well, I'm going to need more time (laughs) Is, is important. And then also knowing and giving yourself ahead of time, the grace that God extends to us of it's not going to be perfect. So just lay that down. Like, amen. It doesn't, when I began to understand that I, that there was nobody, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I just, I think the way my brain is wired anyway, and I think there are moms who aren't wired this way, but I definitely am wired for wanting to get the A on the test, to get the, that the, the, the best grade, kind of like that was just my wiring. That was my wiring in school. It's just been always been my wiring. And so therefore it just flows all through my motherhood of, well, I better get this right. And it's got to go well. And we've got to have great mornings and everything's got to be peaceful and easy. And if it's not, then that's a, a D or an F on this morning. And I would be grading myself. In allowing that space to say, this is, these are my parameters, but know that inside of these parameters, it's, it's not going to go great. It's not going to go perfect. Yeah. I love, I don't know if you've read the book, Atomic Habits. Um, Mm -hmm. It's amazing. James Clear is amazing. And it's a great book. And I think that you would love it. I think everybody would love it, but he talks about in the book, casting a vote for the person you want to be. So I, I try to help my clients think of like, what is their ideal scenario? And how can we take one step closer to that? Like how, what one thing can we do to get one step closer? So when I wake up earlier, let's start with five minutes every week. Just move it back five minutes until you get to the time that you want to wake up. So there's small little habits Mm -hmm. that just are casting votes. So every time you wake up five minutes earlier, you're casting a vote for the person you want to be. So I want to be a morning person. So I say, I am a morning person and I cast a vote and I wake up five minutes earlier, you know? Yeah. Oh, I love that. Now you offer coaching. So moms can actually get in touch with you and have some personal conversations with you where they can kind of get your wisdom for themselves, right? (laughs) Yes. It's my favorite thing. I love building relationships with mamas across the country and getting to know them and just being able to encourage them where they are and their life circumstances. I just husband circumstances, kid circumstances, I know can be super hard and I feel like the Lord has given me a lot of hard experiences to be able to encourage people mm-hmm. in different ways. And so that's, that's my heart is wanting to use all the, all the crap that the Lord's led me through to encourage other mamas and really help them bring peace to their home. So, well, I think that that's, I mean, I think that's what we're called to do, you know, Absolutely. like our testimony is not just for us, but because somebody else really needs it. Yeah. It's beautiful. Well, what if a mom was your website is called mamasystems.net mm-hmm. and we'll have it in the show notes for moms to find you and get in contact with you. But what else could they find there? What else do you have that they 
may want to glean some good information from you with. Yes. So there's the Troy e-guide that I was talking about earlier, and that's on the, yeah. the homepage of the website. So you can easily grab that. It's kind of bestseller in that it's not for sale at all. It's free. So, yeah. <laughs> but it's one of, it's a crowd pleaser, I guess. And then number two, I would love to share with your audience. I have a self-care guide and it's a beautiful thing because I think that especially as Christian mamas, we are often encouraged to be a living sacrifice and to give and give and give and nowhere, nowhere is a very strong term. A lot of times we're not encouraged to take care of ourselves and to know that we have worth, we have value, what we want matters and it's okay to want things and it's okay to want time for yourself. Like all of those things are great and okay. And the Lord's giving you those wants and desires. Yeah. And I want to encourage mamas to take that time because I found that when we as moms can take care of ourselves and we then can give from a place of abundance, mm-hmm. as we all know, we can't pour from an empty cup. And so this guide walks you through exactly what do you need? Cause I could tell you what I do, but that doesn't help you. Right. right. What fills you up? Do you need to go to counseling? Do you need to make an appointment with your gynecologist? Like what, what are the things that you have been neglecting about you that we need mm-hmm. to work on? Then we go a step further. How can we create a plan around that? And then with that plan, what do we need to do to actually implement that plan? Do we need to ask for help from somebody? And if so, here's a great way you can ask for help in that area. So I'm going to share that with you too. And if you put it in the show notes, I would love for mamas to grab that. And I would love that, you know, because I think I'm going to, I mean, I think that a lot of moms, I don't know the moms that you work with, you find this, but like it actually, I can literally go through days without thinking about me, like, like reflecting on me or thinking like thoughts about about me. Do do you know what I mean? Like I can like to, so to even just literally take that self-care thing and say, I'm going to, for however many minutes it like, I'm going to actually prioritize 10 minutes and, and look at this and think about myself and where I am instead of just kind of rolling from one moment to the next moment to the next moment, no time to stop and reflect. And I think that's so important. It's so like, it's so important how we respond to our kids and how, like, we know where our energy level is and when we need to ask for help and uh, we've got to fill ourselves up like hands down. Yeah. Yeah. Because yes, I think that was one thing that when I was beginning to have kids in the teen years and I still had children in the very little bitty years. And what I realized was somewhere around the age of 12 or 13, my children, I don't know if you've experienced this with yours, but my teenagers only decide to talk if it's after 11 o'clock at night, it's like a weird clock goes off in their brain. Yeah. And that's when they really want to have really intense and big emotion conversations with you. Mm-hmm. But I was still getting up in the middle of the night with babies and, and then very, very early because all those people are early risers, especially in the summertime. And I was, I really had to say and understand, wow, I'm basically, I'm not getting enough sleep this summer. Like my teenagers are because they're staying up late but they're sleeping late, but I'm staying up late, but I'm still getting up at the same time. And so somewhere I've got to begin to even in our summer schedule say, listen, I want to talk to you and 
but I need you to, <laughs> we can only talk like this on cert- like every other night. Cause the other night I have to go to bed earlier. <laughs> yes. I, don't know. I think that's a beautiful boundary. Me? No, I think that a lot of me too, for sure. Our kids come in and I'm like, I don't want to send them away because right. just finally opening up to me. Right. Yeah. And she'll lay there and just chat. And I'm like, well, I, I need to capitalize on this. Right. Yeah, we right. want those conversations with our kids. And then you're waking up super early with your other kids to get them ready to go. So I, I know that that is a problem across the board with mamas who have teens and, and babies. And I think that that boundary that you drew is a beautiful one. Like knowing that you need to sleep and knowing that your body needs rest. Like Jesus knew that too. That's right. He He did retreat, didn't he? He would retreat. Yeah. Yeah. And he fell asleep in a boat and you know, he knew he needed rest and that's okay. Like that's yeah. good. That's how God created your body. And so knowing those things and setting those boundaries and clear expectations, what a beautiful thing. Yeah. yeah. Good job. Well, moms, I, I want to recommend that you reach out to Laura and you can find her at mamasystems.net. You can, we will have it in the show notes, an easy link to her website and easy link to her self-care guide, which I think I need. And as well as her chore guide, especially as you're moving into summer, beginning to understand what your children are capable of doing and being thoughtful about how to help them become more capable, I think Mm -hmm. is very important and valuable. Can I say one more thing? Absolutely. Yeah. About the summer. It's just a reminder that you are not your child's entertainment. You're not their cruise director. (laughs) That's not your job. So there you go. And that is a very wise statement here at the end. Thank you. Thank you for being here with us, Laura, today. And I know that you are impacting and encouraging so many mamas out there. And I appreciate you. Thank you. Thanks for listening this week to the Warrior Mama podcast. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support other Warrior Mamas, I'll tell you that one of the best ways that you can do is you can just share this podcast with your friends. You know, sometimes we love to talk about the things we like the most for our face, for our life, for our kids. Can I tell you that it would be a great blessing to begin to share with other moms the things that God is teaching you and the ways that He is growing you in Him. Our prayer over here at the Warrior Mama Podcast is that this podcast is something that does that for you in your life. So feel free to share it with your friends, post about it on social media, and of course, leave a rating and a review. I love seeing what God is doing in your lives. And I look forward to sitting with you at the kitchen table again next week.